This is a Skeptic Frog production. Air, water, earth, fire. With the cards dealt, the pieces set, and the wheels beginning to turn, the White Lotus now more than ever has to face their own reflection as both worlds watch in anticipation for what will come of the Avatar's return. Previously on Dice Benders. I am the water that flows through its stem. I come offering you an answer. What's the catch? I want Ishmael. You don't get to use me at all. So if this is going to be the way to encourage you to follow me, then so be it. Mordon's hands no. are on no, no, no. Aiden's no, no. head no, no. and chest. Aiden, you don't have your bending anymore. I think that there was a plan from the very beginning, which only leads me to believe that there's an infiltration in the White Lotus. Those types of spirits can eat your spirit energy. We are solid spirit right now. Get us out of here. Uh, cover me. And I'm gonna roll initiative for go. Jeez, Louise. Go rolled a two. I rolled 19 plus three. You rolled a 19? Yeah. Jeez. 22 total. Alright, Sataro, so you definitely go first. But something that's gonna make it fun since I have all of you here, I want one of you to roll me a D8. Oh no. Seven! Okay. Mm, no! Kevin, I'm sorry. why? I'm sorry! Oh, I don't even have enough space for this. So, oh, sugar honey. There will be seven wasps that individually attack between Taro and Gove's turn. And at the end of initiative is Valhalla I want one of you, since Kevin rolled uh, to see how many wasps, I will actually ask Jaeger to be the rolls for Valhalla At the end of every initiative, Valhalla is making a constitution check. Now he only has a plus one to constitution and he has to pass a DC of 10 at the end of every turn. If he gets three, Taro is able to break out of this. Valhalla is able to concentrate enough to where he can pull himself and Taro out of this area and get back to the material plane. So, Jaeger, it's in your hands. If Valhalla gets hit, and Taro, this is where things really get interesting for you. If Valhalla gets hit, this roll is made with disadvantage, making this battle last longer. Do I still have the hit points that I had? Prior to taking yes. a sleep. Okay. You also have all of your equipment, but because you are an apparition in the spirit world, you don't have your bending. So that's gonna be fun. <clears throat> so, Taro, you rolled a frickin' 23. Yes. You get to For go 22. first. Okay. Alright, boys and girls. I'm gonna run up in front of of Valhalla oh, Let me set the yes. scene for you as oh, well, yeah. for you and uh, the rest of them that are listening. You guys are standing on a giant pillar uh, high in the sky to the point where a hundred feet down is just fog where this pillar is standing. And there's various multiple other pillars of equal or uh, different heights, some higher, some lower, some level, uh, but generally higher 
In this scene, there are floating rocks with some trees and some vines that are connecting those uh, floating rocks to these pillars, so on and so forth. Uh, Go mentioned that this is exactly where Republic City is, but in the spirit world. There are a few swarms of mantis wasps, wasps which are these medium-sized wasps, so like the same size as a human, but with mantis hands as one as uh, two of their legs instead of all six being wasp legs. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. That, that's that's the scene. The background that, uh, uh, is very gray, full of mist. A rain. lot of what's around you guys is misty besides just these pillars and these wasps. And uh, beyond that, it's too much of in a state of panic for you to really know what else is going on. Oh, I think that'll I have do a question. it. Question. Sure. Since I still have my firebender suit, can I use that? Roll me a d20. Okay. I would say anything higher than a 12, you would have it on. Well, I got a five, so no. Okay, you don't have it on you right now. And I'm not able to use any, like, tech or features, right? No features. No features or techniques, yeah. Okay, cool. Just checking. Well, I'm gonna run up toward the swarm, and I'm gonna try to hit one with my light hammer. Do it up. 16 plus 6. That definitely hits. Go ahead and roll for your damage. I got a three. A three plus your strength. Oh, yeah. Right? A three on the die plus your strength modifier. Okay, so three plus three, six. Six? Yeah. All right, and you also have an extra attack. Go ahead and attack again if you would like. I will. That is a 18 plus six. Super dope. And that is... Five damage. This thing is on death's door. You see it barely hanging on through its wing. Okay, so I'm going to roll a d6 to see how many go after you, because these things eat spirit, and you are just a physical apparition of a spirit. So you and Val in particular are looking extra tasty to these things. I rolled a six. That means six of them are going to be attacking you. Six. It's better than them attacking Val. Mm Mm-hmm. Luckily, I have six uh, D20s with me. What is your AC? 18. Damn, girl. It went down one. Oh, wow. I know. <laughs> big money. Jesus big Christ. Money, I, big I, money. I did roll under a six in every die. Oh. So you are in good standings. So various moments of you taking your swings and then six of them are straight attacking you Go for their stings, go for slashes, and every single time you seem to duck dodge out of the way and use your light hammer to block the attacks on a couple of them as they try to slash at you. And then you use the momentum of you blocking to like bump one wasp against the other to keep it from hitting you as it goes in for stings. Uh, There is one left and it's going to try to go after Valahalaru. And of course I roll a 12 on the die, plus 4. That is a hit. Oh no. Yeah, and his AC is like, not, not good to stop that. That's unfortunate because that means that he's going to be taking, doesn't take too much damage, four piercing damage as Valahalaru is trying to concentrate 
to get you guys out of here. He takes a sting from one of these wasps, the last one in the line of defense. It is then Go's turn just before Valhalla Ruse. And what she's going to do, because she is level 15, she's going to do Wind Wall. And that should help. So Wind Wall, you create a wall of air 50 feet long, 15 feet high, and 1 foot thick. That shapes the wall of a 15 foot circle around you, or as a straight line. So she's creating a wall of wind around you and Valhalla as she spends her whole turn here circling her hands above her head, creating this giant wall of wind that looks almost like you are standing in the middle of a tornado. Each wall, each creature in the area must make a strength saving throw or take 3d8. Ooh boy. Uh, for fun, I want Aiden to roll me if you can, if you have them ready, uh, or we can do it individually. Six or seven uh, strength saving throws. Six or seven strength saving throws? What's the bonus? Strength saving throws. Bonus is just going to be zero. Two, seven, four. Whoop, that one fell on the ground. Eight, seven, one more. Damage, 20. Okay, so one of them passed, the rest fail. That is super fortunate for you guys. The one that fails, all of them except for one. All of them except for one. That's still better than nothing. True it. So all that fail take a 3d8. I want one of you to roll me a just pure luck check. Okay. <laughs> Three. Okay, so the one that passes is the one that Taro hurt already. They all take 21 damage, except for the one that saved. It only takes, because we round up, 11 damage, which still kills them. All seven die because they were all caught in the wind wall. Yay! That's super good. Do spirits bleed? Do we get They do not. No, these, okay. these things God. just fade into a spiritual energy uh, before just evap, as though it's evaporating into the air. To the ether. Yeah, the ether. Uh, in that case, Valhalaru, I need you, aka Jaeger, to roll me a constitution check uh, with disadvantage. Uh, so it's, uh, I got a 12 and a nat 1. <laughs> you know what that means? Uh, it was no. nice knowing you, Tara. There's no success. Another round. There is another round that goes, but because they were all killed in one turn, you and her have just a free turn right now. So you can do any, you don't really have any features or anything like this, but we did say in the three months between book one and book two, you have proficiency with your, um, with your gun. So if you want to get that ready, you can, or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to ready an action to shoot the wasp when they break the wall awesome all seven of them don't go because they're all dead for right now go she can keep this up for a little bit longer she can keep this up for a full minute actually that's super good so as she is whipping up this this uh tornado she says i can keep this up for a little bit longer uh valahalaru do what you need to do and for the sake of ease because of Windwall. This will be adjusted because I think that's a bit too much. Jaeger, aka Valahalaru, make I'll say for fun, six 
more constitution checks. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, do I do you just want to hear the highest one or any of them that pass a 10? Uh four of them pass a 10. Super dope. Because as she's sitting here focusing her energy on this wind wall, and Taro, you see this mental strain on her head as she's doing this because you do remember just before this all of these attacks happened she was pierced by one of the stingers one of them came flying at her and pierced her in the shoulder so you see physical strain in her face as she's as she's continuing when wall but finally Valhalla is able to hold concentration and he opens his eyes immediately and the little antennae that stick between his eyes stick up uh, much like how Stitch has a little antennae that kind of stick on his back and up his head a little bit, uh, Valhalla has that very same thing. Uh, and he grabs you by the hand, Taro, and looks at you and says, Rodles. Let's go! And Bye, as, go! And as he begins to send you and himself out of the spirit world back to where you came from, she turns back at you and smiles. And just as she does show, so, she dispels Windwall, and you hear Pow! as she takes a bullet in the chest as you dissipate into the bridge world where Valhalla had you before. What? Who shot her? You make it back into the world. Everything is in this painted mishmash of white and black. The scene that was here, that was in standstill before you got there, is completely gone. And Valhalla just walks out into an empty space, and he just holds his head a little bit and goes, What? Did you hear that? It sounded like a gun. I don't like that. How do we... I know we're spirits right now, but can we get her help? We're... I'm not a fighter. Are, are you a fighter without your your spirit powers? My my bending? Yeah. Uh, I mean, kind not particularly. Kind of. We are not going to be any help to her. Not like this. And he just kind of like gestures to his body and then your body. Well, can we send someone in to help her? There's only one thing that I think we can do. That is? And he grabs you and just blinks and you wake up. You're inside of a tent. But the same thing that's ha that's happened before, where you were dealing with this last time with your sister, I need you to make three constitution checks for me. Uh, because of how much stamina you've used, because of the, uh, the chi that you've used, this DC will be set at 18. <laughs> okay. We're going to start with three for now. Okay, so... 14 plus 5 is 19, mm -hmm. 6 plus 5 is 11, 8 plus 5 is 13. Mm. So two fails. Alright, roll, roll them again to see if you can get either three successes or three fails. You've got one success, two fails currently. Oh, you know what? I rolled a d12 instead of a d20 for one of them. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just re-roll that one. That was a 16 plus 5. Awesome. That's a success. Okay. So I need one my more. B, my B. The next one determines if you fail or succeed okay, this. Ooh, that one. <laughs> Taro, you wake up today 
and your heart is not beating. Oh, great. And you're hyperventilating a little bit as you wake up. The sun is just coming out of the tent. Jaeger and Kevin, you have just, uh, depending on how you guys feel, have uh, either been up for a little bit or have just woken up and are preparing yourselves to get the reward for winning redemption. You hear Taro uh, in her bed, gasping for air, jolted herself up. Taro, mechanically, you start the day with one failed death save. Oh, shoot. Oh, I just dropped my pencil. I'm immediately running into running, run to Taro and, and try to heal her. Awesome. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, do you have, like, cure or uh, minor... What is it? Minor... Uh... Less restoration? Yeah. Yeah, that one. I, I do. And I'm going to use that on her. Yep, absolutely. You spend that stamina and... Taro, as you feel this water get pulled out of one of the water skins and just kind of gets placed over top of you from Kevin, you're able to finally make it out. Like your eyes were hazy. You were still in this dreamscape. And as they're clearing up, you look over and you see Kevin is already over you, uh, standing by your bedside with water surrounding his hands and this bluish glow as he's hanging them over your chest. And suddenly your heart starts to beat. Okay, that's one way to start the morning. How are you feeling, Atara? Why are you so wet? What? <laughs> so I'm just blinking water. my eyes like, wait, what just happened? Okay. <laughs> and I want to ask Jaeger and Kevin, what were you two doing just before she bolted away? Because it's been, for you guys, you just woke up. It's been a couple of hours. The sun is... Well, I mean, technically this is the fall, so the sun takes a little bit longer to rise, but you're starting to see some of the sun creep uh, over the roof of your tents. Um, would probably... Kevin be trying to convince me to put clothes on? Or are we yes. talking Entirely about the tactile, the, the tactile uh, advantages of fighting without clothes? Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's what I think happened. I don't know what yeah, it's like... <gasps> Please don't fight nude ever again. Your junk almost came off, and I had to heal that last night. <laughs> Cue jazz music. Why are you naked? What? Put your clothes back on, please. Where? There is a lady here. The lady is mm-hmm. me. Please put those back on. I just tossed a towel. <laughs> kind of like tossed a blanket at Jaeger, like, please, cover up. <laughs> I can't believe I'm still naked. <laughs> You sleep in the new dude. Oh, yeah. Hey, you just rhymed like a poet. Did you know that? No. What did I rhyme? No, not you. What? The other one. The wet one. The other one. <laughs> Taro? Yeah, why are you wet? I, don't... I was just healing you, Taro, since your heart stopped. Oh, did it? I was just in a dream. Yeah. We're going to talk about this dream. Well, well, oh, breakfast. Master Go's dying, by the way. Casey didn't Wait, know. what? Yeah, someone shot her. What? What makes you... I sick? was in a painting. What? It was... You got that from a dream? Yes. I talked to the mysterious frog we all know and love. The, His I name don't... is Valhalla-Hallalaru. Valhalla-Yula. <laughs> Malahal, are you doing? <laughs> anyway, Master Go's dying. What? How do I don't know how to get there? Let's make a couple. Let's make a couple phone calls. And um, what I even know where the closest phone is, um, DM. 
There's definitely not one down here in um, in the Great Divide. Uh, but as you're saying that, Kevin, you hear, and all of you hear this, including Aiden, you hear the announcer speaking. Uh, and at, it's at this point when you already begin to hear the crowd. As they're saying that, uh, Aiden, let's cut to you. How early does Aiden wake up? Because I, I think this is our first morning with Aiden. Aiden wakes up late, like, it, unless it's an important event. And since we had already, like, forfeited last night, you know, Aiden would be sleeping in. So it would probably be about, like, uh, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning when Aiden would finally be like, Okay, I'm up. Where's my coffee? Okay. Well, <laughs> eight, 9 o'clock is a little bit before when the announcement came up. So you've got like a little bit of time, not really quite fully an hour, uh, but you got some time to get yourself ready, uh, possibly get yourself a cup of coffee over at the uh, over at the big tent where you guys had dinner at last night. And Taco is still sound asleep. You know, if there's one thing that you wish you could change about Taco, it's the fact that his sleep schedule is just so awful. Like he only. <laughs> He never Sorry. wakes up before one. <laughs> On this day, I'm irritated, so I go over and God I push him off his cot. Wow! And he falls down, landing on the ground with a hard, uh, with a hard thud. And he goes, "What was that for?" Well, for starters, it's time for you to get up. I still got like five hours. Yes, but I'm leaving today, in case you forgot. And he starts rubbing his eye, trying to rub the sleep out, and he goes, What? What are you talking? Oh! The whole lack of bending thing, that's right. Yeah. You speaking know, the thing the White Lotus are responsible for? Speaking of that, Aiden, I need you to roll me something. I need you to roll me Constitution. Give me a Constitution saving throw. 23? That's a pass. So when you wake up this morning, you feel a tinge of that gate, the door that's blocking your bending. You feel like you're making progress towards opening it. And go ahead and mark that on your character sheet, because this only happens at the beginning of every day when you wake up. Okay. So you've got one success in unlocking your bending without the use of anybody else persuading it. Okay. Uh, but Torque still just, or, wow, Taco. Taco. Uh, Taco still rubs his Did eye and goes. Did you last night? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, without any June, we don't have a third party. I am so sorry about all of this. Uh, you know, it's totally fine. It's, we are bound to lose our streak eventually. And he just says that with a big smile on his face. I punch him in the shoulder. Don't worry, as soon as I get my bending back, I'll be back. Hey, I'm looking forward to it, and he punches you in the shoulder for two damage. Just kidding. Alright. Uh, it's, it's at this moment when you hear the announcer say that they, you know, time to declare the winner or uh, stuff like that. You hear a little bit more, and all of you hear this, because that bit kind of almost happened at the same time. You hear the announcer say, Due to an unfortunate forfeit, 
we have ourselves a winner already for round two. And all of you have a chance to really react to this, because you all hear this at the same time. Hmm. Uh, oh, Taro, we got lots to talk about. I talk about what? Oh, while you were sleeping, um, events happened last night. Like? Um, remember that waterbending, uh, girl that was on, on the other team? That was like a month ago. No, I don't. <laughs> You're not you if you don't have your coffee. Coffee. That sounds so good right now. Taro, you see a floating cup of coffee float out of the tent. As you I, I start walking towards it. <laughs> I'm just looking. Uh, I'm just going to guide Taro to the big tent so she can get some coffee and some food in her system. Okay. Yeah, uh, Kevin, as you make your way out, Aiden, would this be about the time that you walk out of your tent? Because Taco would be walking out. He already knows, like, when the announcement is called, that means that the game is pretty much over. Um, yes, I, I would have been getting dressed as I was talking to Taco and everything else like that. So about that time frame, I would be coming out of the tent to go get my own coffee. Okay. Kevin and Aiden, you guys kind of, uh bump into each other almost as Taco is walking by and just gives you, Kevin, a friendly wave as he's walking over to like a good 30 to 40 feet away from the main tent, like the the tent that you guys ate at last night and stands at a particular spot with a referee there. I give a respectful, uh, like a a, a respectful wave back. Come on, come on, Taro. That coffee call is calling your name. Yeah, Taro, are you following Kevin to this, uh, to this big tent? Um, only if he holds my hand. <laughs> I am. But I'm holding yes. your hand. I'm holding your hand so I can take you to the big tent. You need food and coffee. In Thank that you. case, in that case, Aiden, you see both Taro and Kevin uh, approaching the tent on the opposite direction as you. I acknowledge their presence. Good morning. Good morning. How are you feeling? I'm highly pissed off that you, I am unable to bend. I'm annoyed that I have to leave my home, and I'm irritated that I have to travel with White Lotus. So this, not a really good morning. This bozo has to hang out with us now? Let's just say she had an interesting start today. I need my coffee before we do anything. Coffee. And congratulations uh, on your technical win. And I say that sarcastically. Thanks. Can I punch That's him okay. in the face? No, you gotta go Bro, get your coffee. Do you really want to? I do. Oh, I love it. Okay. All right. This is awesome. Uh, roll me an attack roll. Do I add anything to it if I'm just straight up socking him? As your proficiency bonus. Uh, I got a nat one. (laughs) 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 Alright, roll play this out for me, guys. Oh, God. Tara's like, shut your face. You're so annoying. And she tries to swing at him and very obviously misses. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, as I see Taro's fist coming at me, I just simply sidestep and look at Taro like she had lost her mind. I am so sorry. Yeah. Hey, now I what? see one, why one of you died. At least I have my pending. Oh, 
<laughs> she finger guns. And I go to smack Taro. <laughs> roll, roll to attack. Oh, this is gonna end right now. As I'm using calm emotions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> roll. Okay. Okay. Roll initiative. See which one goes first, Kevin or Aiden. That's a 19. 14. <laughs> oh, Kevin definitely So, Kevin, you spent another stamina, because you did a stamina on Taro. Yeah. You spent another stamina to cast Calm Emotions. What does Aiden need to do? Make a, me a charisma saving throw. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I love this. This is great. Uh, charisma saving? Yep. 10. You fail. You are nice and you are calm. Everything is right with the world. <laughs> you know what? You are absolutely right, Earthbender girl. I did lose my bending last night, and you are absolutely right. Yes, yes, yes. You got me there. Congratulations. Capitalist, thank, thank you. you. I'm gonna need something a lot stronger than coffee to get me through this day. <laughs> Uh, Jaeger, where are you in all of this? I was, I was nearby. <laughs> you were I walking at a comfortable you know. 20 feet away the whole time. No. <laughs> Just as an innocent bystander. <clears throat> yeah. Alright. Uh, Kevin, when you walk through the door, they've got the, they've got coffee, and, uh, looks like they ordered a lot of mcdonald's so you're seeing a lot of the hash browns and the chicken uh biscuits and the chicken biscuits with egg and the sausage biscuits sausage sausage mcriddles sausage i don't egg know what McMuffin. it is yeah roll me oh roll me a d20 see if they have that oh 14. they have mm -hmm. that yes and immediately after uh, everyone steps in aiden sees all this food and sits down to go uh, munch on some food and drink some coffee. Uh, what did the three of you do? Gave me some coffee and asked, "Do you have some whiskey? Because I need this. I need this coffee to be a little strong." <laughs> uh, roll me a persuasion check because it's like eight in the nine in the morning. <laughs> Consider one I just went through. Yeah, I need that. <laughs> um. That would be 18 plus 3, <laughs> so 21. What would you want them to have, Kevin, Mr. Over 20 DC? Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, a little, like, like a little airplane bottle of whiskey, like, like, like that little, like, we don't normally hand this out to people. Uh. Okay. All right. So the person that's manning, manning, the, uh, the food, I guess, uh, looks at you and then looks around a little bit and leans forward and like gestures for you to lean forward. And they go, all right, I think I have just the thing for you. And this goes perfect with some coffee. And back for a little bit of the tent. They go through the back flap and you hear them rustle through some stuff. And then they go back through the back flap. They come up and they've got some coconut flavored Godiva and they pour some of it into your coffee, and they say, treat this like it's cream, and you'll have the best morning ever. You're a lifesaver. I know. And I am adding this to, adding this creamer to my coffee, because if I got to keep these two from killing each other, I need this. <laughs> As for the <laughs> other two, what are you, what are you two doing? 
Taro's pulling a Jaeger and eating everything in sight. And is Jaeger pulling a Jaeger? I have a strong sense that booze was just distributed. (laughs) (laughs) Your booze senses are tingling. (laughs) Roll me a perception check. See if your nose hairs can detect the the booze. Oh my god. Uh, 19. Yep, you you smelled the Godiva in the air. I follow it. (laughs) You see him floating off the ground like cartoon style. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Floating his way over to the Godiva. And the man that had it, like, hides it under the the uh, the table or something and looks over at you, Jaeger, and goes, uh, Jess, is there something I can give you? I pull out my scimitar. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> me, uh, now. Intimidation? Is that what you're trying yes. to do? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without oh. hesitation, he can do the bottle. <laughs> oh, my God. So put in your inventory, you have a bottle of Godiva coconut flavor. <laughs> Frog, that was really dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you guys hear the announcer through the tent flap. Any second now, the players will come out onto the stadium floor and show themselves to win the trophy, a.k.a. the champion belt. Come on, let's go. <laughs> I get up and get out. I follow Mr. Yeager. And I'm following Tara. As you guys follow, uh, Aiden, is there anything that you want to say to these three uh, champions of redemption? No, not really. I'm just going to glare at them. Okay. So you are getting Can I blow a from... kiss at him? <laughs> <laughs> you are getting a glare from Aiden, and Taro blows a kissy kiss. Uh, and you walk through the front flap. You make your way a good 20, 30 feet to where one of the other referees are standing, to where they slam their foot down, and the pillar of earth that you're standing on rises up to the top. Uh, when it does, you are standing next to the announcer, and he goes, Well, 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 we have here the team, the... And he puts the microphone in front of Jaeger uh, for you to announce the name of the team. I take the microphone, and I cough. <clears throat> we are the Cajun Fry. And then I give it back. And the announcer goes, Wonderful! And we've got ourselves the champion, the first-time champion, and the underdog of today, the Cajun! And he and he leans into Jaeger and goes, Was it singular or plural? Oh, baby, you know it's singular. <laughs> The Cajun Fry! And the crowd is going insane. And as it does so, you've got the announcer, uh, someone standing next to them. They hand them uh, the belt, and they hand it over to uh, each one of you rolling a d20. See which one gets handed the belt. 14. I got a 14. 14. All right, so it sounds like Jaeger got the highest one. Man, it's too bad I couldn't roll like this for... I rolled a 14 too. But you both rolled a 14? Mm-hmm. Okay, rock, paper, scissors. Oh, roll off, roll off. 13. So he hands it over to Kevin, the one person who didn't need this battle. Hands over the champion belt. And you <laughs> How heavy is this thing? Uh, this is about like five pounds worth of that belt. It looks a lot like the belt that was in the last airbender that Toph had. 
at the end of the earthbending arena competition thing. It looks a lot like that, but at the very center is the circular emblem that looks like it was attached to it. So, like, if you could pull it off and put it on a necklace, it looked like an amulet. Uh, but in the dead center of this circle here is just one giant swirl that starts in the dead center and swirls out slowly, but uh, cuts deep towards the very end to make the outline of this what could be amulet within the center. Uh, right after that, you see five different pieces of gems, each one a different color. You see the red, blue, uh, green, yellow, and then just like a pure white uh, that represents benders and non-benders. Uh, and this is what is handed over to you. It's called the Champion Belt. Uh, and he kind of like gestures for you to raise it up into the sky. I'll raise it up to the sky. Everybody else give me more cheers. Oh, just me? Good enough. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin and the rest of you, mechanically, this is actually a magical item. Whoever wears the belt gets a plus one to AC. In addition, everybody in the party, during a short rest, can regain chi points. Yeah, I'm gonna give this to Jaeger because my AC is looking good. He needs it more. <laughs> the chi points given right. is equal to the Mancer modifier of the wearer times two. Right. Now that is one central pool. So, Jaeger, what is your Mancer modifier? Three. So, three times two. There are six chi points inside the champion belt at the beginning of every day. And, uh, Kevin, as you are holding this up and then you pass it over to Jaeger, both of you get the sensation. Um, Taro, roll me an Arcana check. Or a Religion check. My Religion is better, so I'll do that. Wow, four plus four, eight. That still meets the DC, because the DC was very low for you in particular. You get a glimmer, a tiny glimmer of blue energy from this belt. But as it's handed over to Jaeger, Jaeger then rises it up and everybody starts cheering and the announcer goes, In addition, they will also win the 200 gold of choice! And uh, the, uh, the person next to the announcer comes over and has a clipboard that asks like, what kind of currency you guys would like that in. Go ahead and give that to me real quick. Uh, you, you, and we're, you are, we're headed to the oh, New Earth Kingdom. We're so. heading the New Earth Kingdom coin. So, or are New we? Earth Kingdom currency. Yeah. Uh, but she's writing it down in a clipboard, and the announcer goes, And so ends the Game of Redemption for the Year! And everybody starts cheering, going crazy, though it doesn't sound as wild as before, almost as though they kind of are disappointed that it's ending so soon. They didn't necessarily announce why it's ending soon, but everybody knows that it is. I, I, I noticed this, and I want to conjure a sphere of, of fire in my hands as a, as a symbol, I guess. I'd like hold it over my head with the belt. Lemon, no, no, 
one to that, that put that on your waist. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. This is awesome. Hand and uh, on the other. You perform produce flame and tell me exactly what this looks like. Um, it is uh, it is a giant flame from my hands, and it, it it stays there till I don't want it to be, and it's a bright light. Uh, this, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you mind if I add that in this flame you shape it to where it looks like a giant fry? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Dude, yes. That's so great. I make a fry fire. The cake so you make fire. <laughs> you make a cake fire. And Aiden, you are standing in the ground level of, uh, the Great Divide, and you are watching this whole event with Taco next to you. Is there anything going on in your mind? Yeah, no. Aiden would, like, not have anything to say. He's just upset that the whole situation went down the way it did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but one thing I want to ask the three of you, uh, putting you guys into perspective, in reality, this is a bittersweet victory, right? Mm -hmm. Because you didn't directly... In fact, you lost the first round, right? But you guys are still the victors. Jaeger and Kevin, you guys were introduced to a character, a person, who is a direct conflict with your group, but is telling you that you are working for them. Taro, you've been in a dream state all night. You dealt with the fact that you have this sensory vision that you're not fully aware of what it is and as you were leaving that scape go got shot the frustration we just keep losing like like recently aside from the giant demon it just i don't know it's frustration i guess kevin so much has been going down and we don't even know what is going on? It's just one. It's like it, it seems so random. At the same time, it's where do we start really looking at? Taro feels pretty powerless, especially because she was just in the spirit world where she couldn't bend, and being a bender was all she was ever taught to do as a child. Um, and now her mentor type person is being shot by a gun and she can't do anything about it because she's nowhere near a spirit portal. And on top of that, do you know what the next closest big city is to you right now? Shaokai. I don't think she's ready for that. We see the landscape of the world around us come into focus. The sounds of distant creatures emanating a tune not unlike what we've heard for the last three months. Or has it been four? Maybe five. Who truly remembers anymore? Time seems to warp to your own perception of it here in the spirit world. One of the vines holding a floating island close to the main ground lets go of the soil as it swats away some small bug-like spirits. As it does this, that island begins to drift away to its own devices as if freed from a tethered grip. The rest of the plants nearby lay dense but lively in their own comforts, 
shifting through the brush, we find ourselves viewing three figures, putting away tattered and patched tents, snuffing out the fire, still foggy-eyed from just waking up, collecting their resources and preparing for yet another day's travel. These three figures are Honu, Dag, and Ruby. Honu, would you like to describe what you're doing in this camp and what you look like as we are peering into this little uh, site that you guys have been packing up? Uh, Honu is currently... Uh. Take two. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I was not prepared to go first. <laughs> yeah, that's what that D20 was for. <laughs> ha! Surprise, surprise. It was initiative, guys. Ha ha! <laughs> Alright, so, <laughs> Ruby. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. <laughs> Ruby, would you like to describe your character and what you're doing in the camp? In the camp, I am pretty much cooking. Uh, pretty much cooking up uh, some some breakfast because being in the spirit world we get hungry okay and what do you look like ruby's about five five uh with long black hair um reddish brown eyes uh um kind of petite um uh, still in great shape but just um looking this Looking like she could really want to buy something else. Because <laughs> she's still wearing the same clothes that she came in with. Want <laughs> a new pair of clothes so badly. Yeah, yeah. That is true. Like, Ruby's been here for, what, a year now? Wearing the same stuff? You know, that's gotta, it's gotta really eat at her a little bit. I want a new pair of clothes! <laughs> and, a new, and some new shoes! Ruby yells as she's cooking up dinner as Dak. What are you doing, and what do you look like hearing that from across your little camp? Uh, well, first off, Dag dismisses that because he's definitely heard that from Ruby before on a daily basis, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Dag, someone of like average height, uh, very muscular. Uh, right now, he probably has long black hair. It's very loosely tied back with maybe a piece of twine and most of his hair has kind of fallen out of that tie um he's shirtless right now revealing probably a handful of tattoos across his torso and his pants are a tattered mess <laughs> because again uh clothing's probably hard to come by in the spirit world absolutely and uh, uh what he's up to right now if ruby is cooking he's boxing a spirit tree like bare knuckle punching this tree uh building up probably hurting his hands but building up calluses uh this has probably been something he's been doing for what the seven months we've been in the spirit world yeah it definitely has been feeling like seven months it's been it's been a little too long since you've been away from home hasn't it yeah and he's probably not fought another human being in a very long time um, I can't imagine him having skirmished with anyone in the party like too much, especially if you've been here for like seven months, maybe a little at first if anyone wanted to skirmish, but uh, we've probably been mostly fighting spirits and that just doesn't hit the same way people do. That's right. Uh, what you think about as you're punching this tree, uh, you mentioned some tattoos. 
what do they look like, actually? I'm personally curious. Yeah. I'm picturing just like tribal tattoos, honestly. Okay. Um, he is a sandbender, so there's a little bit of like uh, Earth Kingdom lineage there. Um, I'm not particularly sure if there's any cool designs that might fit into that or any like, I don't know, gangs see, like, a, from the area. I could see like a tribal badger mold or something. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm Earth into Kingdom. it. Yeah, yeah, just like the uh, <coughs> tribal tattoo of the face of a badger mole, uh, maybe on like his back shoulder blade. Yeah. Uh, and Honu, uh, you're hearing these bare knuckles punching into this tree as the tree begins to shift, almost as if it's annoyed at the punches, as it literally uproots itself out of the ground and starts like moseying away. <laughs> no, fight back, you coward. Come back here. <laughs> and you hear Dag. Uh, say this as you're in camp uh, telling us what you look like and what you're doing in here. Alright, so Honu is about 5'6", pretty average build. Like His brown hair since they've been in here and he hasn't really cut it currently down to his shoulders and his beard beard a little out scruffy and just watching Dag try to fight the tree, and the tree just not having his... Dag, leave, leave, stop fighting everything around us. Leave them alone. They don't want to. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dag's just... Dag's not going to keep chasing this tree. Just, like, one final punch as it meanders away before he just gives up. Because it's not fighting back, so what's the point? Sure, sure. And Honu, you've been dealing with that for the last 11 months, maybe maybe close to 12 at this point it's it's definitely gotten old <laughs> and uh honu as you are yelling at dag and dag is yelling at a tree before just swatting away and heading over to the food you look over uh hearing some noises through the brush and the trees but the thing is you don't really seem worried at this noise rather you're more surprised as a fourth human zooms towards you guys on an air glide, uh, on an air glider, they come to a stop near the center of this makeshift camp, right next to Ruby, landing down, having made short work of the scouting this region. In this morning, a small sugar glider spirit pops its head out from Toman's shirt, as Toman tells you tells us what he looks like. Uh, so Taman is definitely tall, probably around six five, six six ish. Um, you can tell he was raised um, by Airbenders because he does have uh, like the Airbender tattoos, um, and actually does keep his head um, shaved, even though he really hasn't been with them for. Well, even before the seven months that he thinks he's been in the spirit world, he hadn't seen them for probably at least a year um, because he had taken up as uh, the way of the traveler and has just been traveling around. So for him, it's a little weird, but the spirit world isn't that much different than uh, traveling in the, uh, the regular world. Absolutely. And uh, our four characters here all sitting in the camp 
honestly, though, you guys have been with each other for, some would say seven, some would say twelve months. Uh, at the end of the day, these four strangers are stuck in this unknown territory. Though not much different from traveling around the material world, not all of you were travelers. Not all of you know about the spirits. But all of you know you're stuck here until you find a way out. Or something. But Taman, you have made short scouting work this morning as you came across something highly unusual uh, with a mark that looked very familiar to you. That little sugar glider head popped out of your clothing, uh, looks to the rest of the party, and says, Oh my gosh, I'm actually going to let you guys hear Karamaki's voice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it looks to you guys and says, Hey now, hey now, everybody listen up. We found some <laughs> crazy things going on outside this uh, our little tent here. And then looks up at you, Taman, and goes, Go ahead, tell them. And Taman, as you were scouting around the area, there was something that really caught your eye that was highly unusual. It was the first time you've seen, I guess you can call it, well, yeah, a structure. But you saw a structure sticking out as if pasted onto a tree. You saw a top half of what looked like a watchtower. You saw a tattered white lotus flag dangling from the top of this tower sitting inside of this tree. Huh. Which is probably what you said when you were flying and scouting and saw that. <laughs> like, I, I, I know that the white lotus would be interested in the spirit world, but I wouldn't necessarily know that they've got a have or ever had a watchtower in the spirit world. That checks out. Um, how far away was the watchtower? It was a short distance. Um, for the rest of this party, it was like, Taman has been gone for maybe ten minutes. Well, if we've got nothing better to do, we might as well check it out today. Alright. You said there was a flag on it? Yeah, a white lotus flag. Oh, well... Look at that, Ruby. You can use that as a piece of clothing. At the very it beats a blank. <laughs> Say that again, what? It beats a blank. It beats a blank? Mm-hmm. Is that short for blanket? It's short for nothing. It beats oh, nothing. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was super confused. I was like, I feel like I heard this right, but I was not sure. I feel my southernness is being attacked. <laughs> How dare you, frog? I know, I'm sorry. I am shamed. Let me walk out the room. Uh, Dag, you got the rest of this. No, alright. <laughs> so I'm just gonna rip my way out of the spirit world, alright? So. <laughs> alright, alright. All I've right. had about enough of this. <laughs> he Kool-Aid's he Kool yeah. somebody's uh, house. <laughs> yeah, um, seriously though, I think uh, Dag will just like kip up. Uh, assuming he had, like, crouched to start eating, um, whatever food Ruby was cooking. But at this prospect of, like, doing something new and different, mm -hmm. and seeing something potentially man-made, mm -hmm. and potentially some people, uh, yeah, I think Dag's on board. Sure. Uh, that does bring up a good point, though. Ruby, what, what are you cooking this morning? Um, uh, I'm assuming that we had some, some rations, so 
whatever um, rations we had. Because um, I know some, one of us is a vegetarian, so probably more like a like a like some oatmeal. <laughs> right, okay. it's pretty much like oatmeal um, with some berries, like with like some berries in it. That checks out, and I know you have a kind of cooking background, so I'm not going to make you roll to see how good it is. Uh, you know, you guys. It sounds like you sit down for a moment, or at least Stag does. Uh, eats this delicious, delicious, hasn't had it for months, oatmeal, or anything like that. Before <laughs> preparing to scout forward, it sounds like, everybody? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So you guys finish packing everything up and decide to head towards the direction that Taman was uh, gesturing where you just came from. You guys begin to move through the brush and the the flora here off to the side. Um, one of you scouts out this. Uh, this looks like a tiny apple tree uh, as it looks like a like four or five little spirits. Looks like flying bunnies almost all center onto this this tree that has what looks like a golden apple sitting on one of its stems. But you guys are all too familiar with this. You know, it's all just a trick of the spirit world. You've seen this more than once. As this tree gets engulfed by the body of a giant Venus flytrap looking thing. It then uproots itself out of the ground uh, with these leaves that flip upside down and carry itself away flying like tails from Sonic does by spitting its, <laughs> its leaf-like appendages that turns out to be wings as it flies away, munching on the spirits that it has uh, trapped inside of it. You see other various things like that. Uh, Honu, you come across the same old familiar sand trap that you found uh, some time ago. This looks like a whole other spirit that's here, but you already know. That's not sand you can play around with. That's quicksand. You were in there once or twice, maybe even three times before. Shamefully, regretfully admit three times uh, getting trapped by trying to steal some of the sand uh, according to the spirit that resides in places like that. You guys continue forward until eventually you come across what Taman's talking about. There's this clearing in this foresty-like area of this giant oak tree that seems to be shaped the way a bonsai tree would be, uh, but it's got like oak leaves. Uh, its bark twists around itself, much like I said with a bonsai tree. You guys even look a little bit further ahead and realize half of the roots are kind of like hanging off as you realize, just like around you, you've seen a number of times, the rock that you guys are standing on is actually just a yet another giant floating island. Off to the distance you do see another large rock, floating rock that seems to have some vines that could reach, maybe if you ask them nicely, who knows, to be able to form some kind of bridge to where you guys are. But that's a little less important than seeing this man-made white lotus tower, or at least you can assume so, 30 degree, in a 30 degree tilt as though it was just pasted onto the side of this tree. It looks like it is still in, if not for the fact that it was inside of a tree, mint condition. And everything around you seems to be still as these four humans walk up to it. 
You don't see that everything. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think towers are usually built at that angle. <laughs> I can see you saying that, and all four of you tilt your head 30 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. Right, so we're going inside there, right? Yeah. Yep, all right. <laughs> okay. Let's go. You guys begin walking up uh, to this tree. You start kind of climbing on some of it to get to the tower. Uh, and as you do so, you feel a shifting in the ground under you, a shifting in the tree. As the tree begins to twist itself, and you guys kind of move out of the way to keep from getting hit uh, from any of the branches that may be hanging nearby. Uh, as it turns and you see this face form out of the bark of this tree, eyes closed. It look the face looks a lot like the Great Deku tree from uh, Ocarina of Time is the easiest way I could describe it. And it looks over to you guys, uh, you guys just having stopped. And you've seen trees with faces before, uh, and the, so it's, it's not as surprising, but you know. It, was, it must have been asleep or something, as it turns and looks at you guys, and it just goes... Um, I, I think Toman, who's probably the best versed in uh, dealing with spirits there, is going to uh, issue an apology and say, sorry, we didn't realize that you were a, uh, a spirit tree, but we, we noticed a, uh, a tower up in your branches. And it begins to, tr like, twist as if it's trying to look at its own back and obviously can't. Uh, and it tries this for a brief period before it turns back to you and says, Dude, do you know how it got there, or how long it's been there? allow us to uh, see what's in the tower. And it like bends itself a little bit. It can't do too much, but it bends itself a little bit. So now the tower's like maybe 25 degrees. And it says... And then it reaches some of its uh, limbs down to kind of like create this way that you guys can walk up the, the limbs to get up to the tower more easily. Nice. Dag gives a tree the old finger gun salute and uh, <laughs> we'll march on up to the tower. <laughs> we just look at this like, yep, another day in the spirit world. <laughs> uh, yeah, you begin climbing up 
you say another day in the spirit world and you look over you see that flying venus flytrap uh just like spit out like cartoon like skulls as it continues <laughs> to fly off even further yeah that's pretty normal uh you realize that this tower is like the top third of the tower so to get to to get inside you would have to crawl up to the tower outlook and then go in from there because it doesn't seem to actually even have an opening or if there is one it is in the tree but i can totally see you guys just climb up as gonna say do we have any uh any rope or or something with us or have we made any ropes from uh any vines or something we found over the last seven months we also have either adventurer's packs on us, so usually adventurer's pack normally would have rope. Yeah, yeah, you guys totally would have rope then, yeah. I think all of you, when I was looking at your characters, uh, character sheets, all of you had, like, adventurer packs or something similar. Yeah, I, I think the easiest way to, to reach it might be to just have Tuman uh, take out his, uh, his air glider and uh, fly to the top and drop a rope down. Yeah, and... Uh, you have uh, Karamaki in in your uh, clothes. Just say, "Oh yeah, I really like it when we go flying." Too cute. Who you call a cutie? Huh? <laughs> like I said, you're too cute. I'll let it slide this time, Bob. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Taman, you uh, you fly yourself up. Uh, so go, yeah, I'll uh, I'll describe kind of what you see. You have to kind of um, position yourself a little bit. This isn't clearly level ground, uh, and you do still feel the tree shifting slightly. So you have to constantly keep keep being on your toes and correcting uh, your position here. But uh, the inside of this tower, despite the angle, everything looks like it was perfectly placed. Like nothing has slid around or anything. Almost like it has been glued to the floor of this. Uh, outlook peak but you find a, a spot that you're able to tie up this rope and kind of just flop it over the edge which by the shift of gravity the rope hangs at the 25 degree angle same like the tower huh <laughs> is, is it hanging at an angle that anybody could reach the uh, rope Oh yeah, I think you got 50 feet of rope or something like that. You can, you at the very least, with enough people having the rope, you can totally just tie more rope together so you guys can climb up. It's not, it's not too strenuous for you guys to get up there with that, especially with the amount of rope that all of you have. All together, that would be 200 feet of rope. And Taman, as you uh, as you tie this up, go ahead and uh, roll me a perception check while you're waiting for a. Uh, your crew to kind of climb this rope. I'll get to you guys in a second. Uh, that would be a 16. Okay. So inside this uh, tower's outlook, you see, you know, there's a there's a table here, there's some chairs, a bookshelf lined with what looks like uh, scrolls. Some of them have been written in. Uh, you don't see any evidence of human activity, though, which is weird. Like, everything is still... A little too perfectly placed and as you start kind of looking through the bookshelf looking at all these scrolls you're realizing a couple of dates that date back to like 20 or 30 years ago of you know this this outpost 
And everything that it's talking about is in reference to, you know, they sent out a message to other White Lotus Towers, the rumors of spirits in trouble or a local town in the material world uh, needing help or something like that, and sentries having been sent out, and these are all just like reports of that, just to keep records. But a few of the things that you notice off on the table looks to be some uh, letters that were never sent, even though they uh, they look like they were ready for it. As if, say, as an example, a messenger hawk just wasn't there to deliver them just yet. And it has the white lotus mark on them. They're already closed or anything like that, so I can't tell you what's in them unless you open them up. Uh, for the rest of you guys, while Taman is in here kind of looking at all these progress reports, as soon as you guys grab onto the rope and start climbing, your body naturally shifts to the same angle as though you are climbing straight up a tower. Okay. So, it's, yeah, it, it feels a little off. Like, your your brain can't really process, I should be tilting, but I'm not, but I am? Question mark? Ruby, probably at this point, like, go, just go with it, just go with it. There's another day in the spirit world, just another day in the spirit world where nothing makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, just remember, little... don't look down, or right, or left. <laughs> don't look. <laughs> just, pull, just pull the rope, just pull the rope, just go up and pull the rope. Yeah, you see a little caterpillar right next to you, uh, Ruby, as it's like, Don't look down, don't look down, just keep moving up the tower. <laughs> I'm just going to brush that off and just go. <laughs> now hitting the top, now hit the little caterpillar, but like, yes. Just moving forward <laughs> before she has before she have another breakdown. <laughs> another one, yeah. When was the most recent breakdown that Ruby had? Was it this morning? About yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a daily thing. Yeah, T- yeah, Taman could even hear that while while he was flying back toward the camp. <laughs> uh, but yeah, eventually the rest of the party gets in here, and the weird thing is, once you are in the tower outlook immediately your bodies have to shift again so like gravity just doesn't seem to want to make sense here because the second you are standing on your feet you can tell you guys are at an angle again thank goodness i chose something that stick to the ribs this morning <laughs> and you see the same stuff that i was telling taman about you see uh uh the bookshelves lined with scrolls uh taman uh, i was mentioning that you're kind of like looking through them a little bit seeing that they're just like reports from the material world um, something else that while well, all of you are in here, you do see some sort of, I don't want to call it a trap door, but it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a door, uh, on the bot, on the floor of this tower that if you opened it, you could start, you know, going down some sort of staircase as this is a tower, uh, down to what would be the bottom floor if there was one that existed in this tower. Um... I think Taman is definitely going to check the letters that were ready to be sent. Is there a a specific date on them, and are they addressed to anyone or any place in particular? So, when you open up the letters, you do see uh, a date. You see it's dated for, like, the third month of the year, some day in there, like, uh, month three, day, I don't know, like, four or something. Uh, year eight, um, 188 AG and it basically says something like um, it, it's basically saying 
you know, that's good news. Glad to hear uh, of of the uh, of our request being approved. We will send out uh, local sentries now uh, as I wait for more reinforcements. Uh, once the the uh, enlightened sentry comes in, we will also then evaluate what's going on with the spirits nearby. Another uh, another letter says like shortly after is like day six or seven is like a couple of days later. Uh, it says like it's another request. Or it sounds like another, even though you don't know what the original one was. Uh, basically saying things are worse than we thought. Uh, you know, the activity and the possible rumors of of uh, the other Lotus activity uh, seems to have been true. Uh, we have been losing our numbers rather quickly to the point where only one person has made uh, their way back. We will have to abandon this tower, otherwise there may be a risk that everything inside this place uh, gets taken. Uh, we are preparing to pack everything up so that the enemies cannot get this. If you have already sent the reinforcements, please do not uh, have them come to this tower, have them come to another, and stuff like that. And they're all labeled uh, Lotus Commander Kuzan. How long ago, or was there a war? 20 or 30 years ago? Uh, not that you know of. Uh, how old is Tomon? Uh, 20... Well, was 23, so probably approaching 24 now. Yeah, you don't remember there ever being word of a war. Or anything like that. So this is all new and strange. Yeah, I'm looking around to see if there are any clothes. Obviously you notice the flag. Uh, you obviously notice the flag. Up here, you don't really spot any clothes. Maybe there are some inside the tower, but nothing up here on the outlook. I'm going to explore the, the, inner, explore the inner tower. Do anyone want to join me? There could be more resources inside. Uh, yeah, uh, is there anything else look? to pick up, uh, pick through up here? Because it kind of sounds like probably not, outside of the letters that Taman was going through. Yeah, if you're interested in the letters and stuff, there seems to be a lot, so if Taman ever did relay what these things said, it doesn't look like they ever actually did get to packing things up, because this looks too neat to have been packed up, and there's just too much stuff in here. Yeah, Taman definitely will relay sort of the gist of what's in the letter. Sure, uh, but something else I can try to give you, uh, if you're interested in it, Taman, is uh, if you would give me a history check. Because you may know uh, Let's see, that's a 15. A 15? Uh, these are dated for 188 AG, uh, and you know when you enter the spirit world uh, through those that uh, random spirit portal on that mystery island, that was like 225 AG. So it's been quite a while. Uh, another thing, because you grew up with White Lotus a little bit, right? When you were enlightened? Um... Well, I think it would have been at an airbender temple, so maybe had seen some White Lotus, but sure. not like grew up directly with them. Okay. Uh, well, then I can tell you this at least. Uh, by the time that you heard, or that, you know, when you were living at a White Lotus, or I'm sorry, at an airbender temple, there may have been word that around this time of year that this letter is, 
the northern air temples were reconstructed. Because back in Korra's time, when the Red Lotus was around, uh, the Lava Bender, whose name I can't remember that was in their party, uh, decimated the northern air temples. So around this time, where this letter has been made, those temples were reconstructed and then repurposed for the White Lotus. Okay. But, uh, Ruby, you said that you're heading inside? Yep. Right. Honey's gonna go with her. Okay. Uh, as you open up the trap door to see the, uh, this wooden stairway that leads spiraling down, like a spiral staircase, haha, um, into the center, all of a sudden, as soon as you open this, the tree begins to shiver as though it got cold immediately after you opened it, and it goes. And as you look down into this trap door, you see it looks like this thing is embedded inside the interior of the tree. And when you open this, it exposes the bare uh, tree bypassing the bark that surrounds the rest of it. Almost what? like you just opened a wound is the best way to uh, put it. Apparently this tower is literally fumes with you. Yep, sorry, mate. I don't envy you. But Dad goes in. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, you you start, um, you know, making your way down into the tree. All right, and you feel the the body of the tree uh, shivering as you guys continue to step uh, to where eventually you get to like what would be close to the ground floor before it's just almost like it's cut off. As if the bark itself, or the tree itself, is like has started to grow over this tower uh, from the inside. So there was no rooms, no nothing. Oh yeah, you wanted uh, clothing. Um, roll me investigation. See if you can find anything. That is gonna be a nice get a sixteen. Okay. Uh, you don't really see too much. It is a spiral staircase leading down to a ground level that seems to not exist uh but you know with with uh, 16 i can give you something like this uh you find a decomposed body Ooh. like sitting on the stairs as if like it was trying to either go down or go up and couldn't uh and eventually passed away here but you've got your clothes there they seem to be clothed in some very old-fashioned white lotus century clothing i'm just gonna pick up the body uh, and bring it upstairs so we, everybody else can see what the hell is going on! <laughs> <laughs> and Dag, uh, you give me an investigation. Let's see. Let's see something. Uh, <laughs> nat 20. I mean, uh, oh shoot, Nat 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Seth is gonna get his cameo. <laughs> uh, it's, I have no modifier, so it's just the 20. I mean, that's fine. With the Nat 20, you find um, your nose hair is kind of squint a little bit as you sniff around and you see there's like a an unharmed keg of uh, cabbage whiskey fused into the wood of this tree uh, um, right towards the bottom uh, fused into the tree alright well beggars can't be choosers 
<laughs> oh no. <laughs> Days like this we need a water fender. <laughs> yeah, and uh like he'll take it upon himself to uh be the guinea pig and um give a little tasty taste. It's been a long time. It's been a really long time since you've had this type of burn. A good burn. As uh you pop open the top, which is pretty much the only part that's exposed of this keg. Uh, and take a few gulps. Brings you nice. back. Yep. And this this is like tw- 30 years old, so it's definitely uh, it's definitely <laughs> aged. Alright. I'll have another. <laughs> <laughs> and so. like, he's gonna take like effectively like a few shots, because it's pure alcohol. Mm. Uh, you know, like a, a two, three, maybe four. Um, Dump the pork in. Put, and put then, that uh, in. <laughs> After uh, that, then he'll uh, like give out a sharp whistle and be like, Honu, there's something down here you should see. Because if memory serves, I think Honu was a little bit of a drinker, too. Yes. Honu's going to make we'll make his way over there, over to Dag. What did you find? A body! Uh, something As I'm dragging his body. body up. <laughs> yeah, that's fine, Ruby. <laughs> you called you down here for a body? No, over here. Oh, And uh, right. he'll show... Uh, Honu the keg. Yeah, it's further down the stairs from where the body was. Oh, and you just gonna do... run, like, <laughs> dart over to it and take a couple drinks. <laughs> yep, that's that good old burn. Yeah, so I say we camp here for the night. Yep, I'm fine with this. <laughs> well, and, uh, I'll be. Yeah. And, uh, that's Ruby just goes upstairs. Honu, Honu's <laughs> gonna actually pat the tree, like, I'm fine with this, or you? <laughs> you just feel it shivering and it's saying what are you doing? Um, at this point I'm probably upstairs with the body (laughs) with the air pender friend. Taman as uh, Honu rushes downstairs Ruby comes up uh, lugging a white lotus body up and plops it on the table. Um, Found this downstairs. You, You just found it like that. Yeah. Oh, and the boys found alcohol. Of course they did. (laughs) (laughs) I think the net 20. Yeah, um, so I'm plopping on the ground like, what did this? Sure, yeah, give me a medicine check. Are you good with medicine? Uh, no. Okay, we're getting ourselves a shot in the dark. Yeah, we'll see. See what we know. 14. 13 plus one. Uh, that, that beats my seven. Oh, a seven? You got a whole seven? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sensor. Okay, so. With like, the, like that's, yeah, that's Watch a dead body. <laughs> you're right, you're right. I, we can't let Seth in here too long. Um, so with a 14, it's hard to tell, uh, but you can clearly see that this thing has been decomposing for a while now. You don't know how long this tower's been in a tree, you don't know how long this body was there before then, uh, but from what you can tell from the clothes, there seems to be some sort like some scorch marks, a couple of like cuts in the fabric. The body looks like like because of the clothes, you can kind of think, okay, well there must have been some sort of combat that happened as to what it's really hard to tell but you do see like some cuts in the fabric and some like singe marks 
on the clothing. And that, that's kind of your only indication of anything. Ruby's looking at this like, possibly he could have died in combat. Uh, maybe died of his wounds from that combat. And, and uh, Karamaki looks and goes, Well, you humans really are softies, huh? Getting killed off by a couple of uh, a couple little scratches. And scorch marks in a corner right here. There are scorch marks as well. It over-exaggeratedly goes, Ooh, scorches! <laughs> I'm gonna let that one slide, uh, slide because one we're in a freaking tree. Yeah, that's right. You don't want these hands. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Ruby just locks eyes on him like, I wonder what does uh, a Rungswood stew taste like? You hear that, Tomar? Your, your friend is trying to come at me. And she, she, she looks you up and down like, you can't handle this. That's funny. I was going to say, you can't handle all of this. Tomon is just going to facepalm. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is our annual, this is our daily battle. Uh, yeah, Tomon has seen this happen, you know, dozens of times. Yeah, you know Karamaki to be very sassy. Okay, I'm gonna check this body and hope with Tomas help to see is there anything on this body besides the clothing. I'm t- as tempted as I am for clothing. I ain't. I'm not that tempted. Okay. Uh, yeah. Give me a um. Give me a D4. And uh, Dag and Honu, how much more are you guys drinking down there? Well, since we're camping here for the night, you know. We're just- <laughs> <laughs> doing shots man is, is, okay okay because i was gonna ask for some constitution checks i think that's Four. applicable okay all right do it do it up yeah. and you said you got a four yeah it's a four <laughs> did we break ruby already no i'm looking at the glimpse and i'm loving it 21 you said 21 21 oh 15. yeah you were you're hold. You're both holding your liquor very well, despite having not had any for a year or seven months. It's a lot of training. <laughs> a lot of drinking. Yep. It's a life your of alcoholism like, right there. Your body's saying, like, oh, I got my bike. water back. I'm getting. I'm home again. <laughs> it's like drinking a bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you always forget. What? <laughs> uh, and Ruby. <laughs> Uh, this body looks to be a firebender. So you'll find the same stuff that you would see off of a firebender. Um, as far as, like, items, it doesn't seem to have much beyond, like, the remnants of, uh, a water skin that is obviously dry by now or something. Uh, doesn't have any food, doesn't have any notes. It has a white lotus sash in its pocket that seems to have also been singed. Uh, one way or another, and uh, while you're looking at that, Taman, go ahead and give me a perception check uh, to see what you hear. But yeah, that's what you get, Ruby. Gotcha. I'll take that empty water skin and just pretty much drop it down to um, that to drag. I'm a dag and and Hanu is like, take this. You won't, you probably need it more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't. Uh- <laughs> That's a uh, a six on the perception. Okay. Uh, you just hear the shifting and the shivering. Like, you've kind of gotten accustomed to the shivering of the tree at this point. 
um, but you're hearing the leaves shifting around uh, a bit more. Not sure if it's getting windy or not. I'm just looking at, at Tanu. I think we should leave. It don't feel. I don't think it's gonna feel safe any longer. What do you think? Who are you talking to? Uh, Tomas. Mm, sorry. T- Toman. Thank you. Yeah, Toman is gonna agree that. Yeah, probably not a good idea to to you know sleep in a, a spirit tree in a building that is clearly out of place and the only occupant we found was dead. Yeah, let's get out of here. And hope the I hope we know how to drag the boys out. It's heavy enough to dream that thing. Yeah, you guys are about a quarter of the way through your uh, through this. That's it. Uh, we that's it. We slacking. <laughs> <laughs> Do y'all take the empty water skin Ruby dropped to you? Definitely. No, it was empty. Why did I want it? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the water skin's been filled, but <laughs> like, we're still going deep. I think. Ruby just yelled, like, "Come on, we're leaving." Yeah, we're camping here tonight. Yeah, maybe you missed the memo. So, anyways, Honu, I said to her, if you think I look bad, you should see the other guy. And, well, you know, I broke his nose and gave him two black eyes. And, well, he was doing too great by the time I finished. Every, Honu, every, you've heard this story like twice. Yeah. <laughs> every time you tell the story, you know, it, 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 the other time, you, it was only one black guy. <laughs> yeah, and now it's all three of them were black yeah. by the time I was done with them. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> so... Uh, all of you give me uh, dexterity checks. Great. No. Oof. 16. <laughs> uh, Toman was definitely not paying attention. That's a one on the die for a uh, a five. I got a 15. I'm blaming it on the alcohol. I got a 10. Honu's <laughs> <laughs> in- instinct is to cover the top of the alcohol so none of this spills as the tree starts shaking vigorously as if it's trying to get something off of it uh, Taman, you go flying into one of the bookshelves and everything falls uh, as if it defies gravity straight onto the floor rather than falling 30 degrees uh, Ruby and Dag you're able to both catch yourselves as you just uh, feel this this vigorous shaking. The rocks around the tower seem to start crumbling down around you guys while you are inside of the uh, tower, inside of the tree. As you hear uh, the tree go, Ruby yells uh, down to the boys, Y'all still want to camp out for the night? Uh, thinking about it. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, more rocks come tumbling down. We should probably go. All right, one more drink. One more drink, one more drink, one more drink. So two drinks later, we'll leave. (laughs) You guys come rushing up the stairs, uh, having filled the water skin at least two more times. I'm I'm picking, I'm bringing up someone, like, come on, let's get get out of here. And and on the way, I'm snatching that that flag. Sure. Yeah, you you snatch up a flag um, to use as... I don't know, patchwork or something later. Uh, you guys start trying to go down. Taman, um, because of the nat one, I will say that you are prone pretty much. Yeah. Uh, as you start to feel the tower leaning more than it should, despite the sh- like with the shaking, as if it's starting to crumble while you are inside it and everyone else is starting to uh, get to the rope. 
like this tower starting to with break. Me. Yeah, the tower starting to break apart and crumble. Dag, Honu, you guys. I don't want to say stumble, but you guys find your <laughs> way to the rope. Uh, Ruby, do you help your friend, your uh, ally, get up at the very? Yeah. Moment? Awesome. Yeah. So you guys got some good dexterity checks, but I want to get one more roll from you guys. Given the situation, give me another dex check. All right. This one was better. Here's hoping I don't do worse. Twenty-four. Got the twelve it's plus. A oh, okay, yeah, that's a dirty twenty for Taman. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, twelve. Twelve. All right. You guys all get out of the tower in time, Taman. You pull out your glider and just start flying. Um, Ruby, you slide down like a fireman off of this tower. Uh, Honu, you got a 12? Yes. And Dag, you also got a 12? Conveniently, yes. <laughs> so you guys stumble, both grab the rope at the same time, and it's like, no, uh, who, who first? Uh, <laughs> and at- Ruby just slides down that thing like... <laughs> Why? <laughs> you can just Seth sound over that entire segment. Yeah, that entire segment, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know what? With the 12, I'll just say it. Uh, you guys are Earthbenders. You can handle it. The tower begins to crumble, and before you're able to slide down this rope, it all falls apart, and you guys land on the ground taking, I want to say, 3d6. Wait, wait, wait. Yes? Before, before they take any damage... Uh, Toman is going to use, oh, what was the name of it? Uh, slow fall. It's a 2G reaction and is going to allow his allies to fall slowly until they hit the ground. Cool. Uh, so you guys both try to go for the rope, uh, at the same time get stumbled up on that, uh, and then one of you for some reason thinks, oh, no, the keg! We should try to get that first. <laughs> you try to go back as it all falls apart, and as you're about to fall, uh, you feel yourself, like you guys shut your eyes as you're falling to the ground, uh, and then you open them realizing you're just kind of like gently, gently uh, gliding your way down to the floor instead of just straight falling out of a, a crumbling tower. <laughs> totally could have slept there. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Uh, we, and we lost the keg. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, easy come, easy go. Uh, Taman's gliding in the sky, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I think Taman would have had to have, have glided down to the ground with you to be able to use slow fall. Oh, great! Yeah, because because would would have had to been with it. What is the range for slow fall? I think it's supposed to be like right right next to me or something. So would would have basically use the, the air cushion and glide it to the ground with you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then uh, Dag looks over at Toman and uh, just gestures with a water skin filled with whiskey. <laughs> like, well, thanks for that. Oh, you a drink? But not that too would, much. Uh, we, we you need appreciate to, it. Maybe make that last. Maybe try and get out of a crumbling tower faster next time. Yeah, we would have been fine. We've survived worse. We, we lived, didn't we? Remember the quicksand? Honu survived that three times. <laughs> I, I'm still not sure Honu remembers the quicksand. <laughs> I know. I, I saw it on the way here. I, I kept my eye out. <laughs> Karamaki sniffs the air and goes, uh, what, What's in my water skin? Would you like a little, little man? 
Who you call little? Bub. Zach <laughs> looks down at the sugar glider. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get him. As Dag stood back up after being uh, brought to the ground. Yeah, with slow fall, they don't fall prone. So yeah, they both landed on their feet. Alright, uh, Tomon's just gonna use the, uh, gust cantrip and, and knock him over. Or try to knock him over. <laughs> uh, yeah, you get, uh, Dag, you get shoved, into, uh, like, up against the tree, and, uh, uh, Karamaki just nods approvingly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Dag's not gonna make a thing of it. He is yeah. gonna, like, look at Tomon, though, and just say, Nope, you've lost your drink. And then he's gonna take a swig from <laughs> the water skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he's, as you start like taking a swig and kind of walking away from the situation uh you bump into a figure and all of you kind of stop and begin to look i can imagine the way like cartoons look where um one person is looking at something and then everyone just kind of like pops into view to look at it too uh as you bump into what looks like a like four foot tall uh standing on to, uh, on its hind legs, koala, uh, walking with a staff, uh, that sits like a, a good two feet taller than it, uh, as it turns over and looks at you and goes, uh, of course, it's more humans. You met others. Uh, regrettably, yes. How, how recently? Uh, hold on. And it looks back over to uh, the tree and has its hand placed on one of its roots. Uh, and you see this light blue glow come out of its hands. And it says, oh, I can't help with what's left in there, but I can do this for you to at least cover up that patch. And the tree just go just makes a mumbling uh, low growl as you see like the equivalent of bark skin being cast as the hole where the tower used to sit is closing up as bark uh, accelerates its growth covering up the patch to where it's just now this like barky bulge hanging where the tower once stood in the tree now that is pretty awful and that's it, a pretty neat trick. It's not a trick, it's just what I do. Now, before I answer your questions, what are you humans doing here? Trying to get out? Oh, that's perfect. You can get out anywhere but where I am. Go, go. Uh, do, do you know how we can get out of the spirit world? Otherwise, we're going to stick with you, bud. <laughs> Uh, if I had the energy to fight that, I would argue. But I just don't want to talk to humans. And uh, Karamaki, like, goes, Hey, come on. Whispering into your ear. This this is Iketsu. He's a, he's a, the tree speaker. And uh, roll me a history check, or... No, this wouldn't be history. It would be a religion uh check. Uh, that's a dirty 20 again. Uh, yeah, you know, you've heard of this spirit through, uh, some of the training or knowledge that you've gained in being at some of the air temples. Iketsu's basically, like, the keeper of the trees, 
There hasn't been any reports or records of them of this spirit for a very long time. Uh, but that you also know in your records, this is a very slow-moving spirit that really likes it really likes its own solitude. Doesn't like being around humans. It's always had a distaste for humans, and especially doesn't like being around too many just beings besides the trees. Uh, but you're recalling all of that information as it's just like munching on a leaf that uh, Mr. Oaks uh, brought down so that he could give it a munch. And Honu's over here nudging Dag. Can I keep this one? The Come on, I got to keep the little one. <laughs> well, if you make good enough friends, I suppose. Are you sure uh, you're up for the responsibility? If I hear that, I just want, I will pop both of them upside the head. <laughs> yeah, Taman is going to uh, suggest that we move on and be like, thank you for helping that tree. There was nothing that we were able to do about the tower embedded in it. Yes, most humans don't have anything that they can do, except for annoy me. Yep, well... We will, uh, be moving on then. Good. Go. Right, preferably in the direction of the other people that you were talking about. Or at, like, an exit point. <sighs> preferably both. It's a good way to get rid of us. It's very good, like, permanently, too. Yeah. You don't want to be near those people. You seem different from them. And they're not going to treat you very kindly. That's alright, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Wait. Wait, what do you mean they're not going to treat us kindly? Uh, if I had the energy, I would spell it out for you. Oh, keep it short. I could sacrifice some cheat to give him. If if he gave us some information. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Bender. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Miss Bender, lady, what can you do? I'm a firebender. However, I do... I follow the way of the dragons. The first firebenders. Yes, I've heard the tales. So, I would sacrifice some of my chi energy, uh, just so we can get some of that information you were talking about. Oh, if that's the case... Uh, roll me a persuasion check. Persuasion? Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, wow. That is a lovely 25. Alright. Uh, so Iketsu just looks at you, holding the staff, like he's holding the staff, grabs another leaf, starts munching on it, like, you mentioned that and it's been like 20 solid seconds before he finally answers you. And he goes, Well, if you're a healing firebender, you could get this crick out of my knee. All right. And I will use... Let's see, I, I just wrote it. I'll use Blazing Heart. I'll use, do two chi points, which is equivalent to... each Because one chi point is equivalent to five uh, HP. So that's ten HP. Mm-hmm. And I, and I just, you get the, um, like a reddish, uh, like an orangish, whitish flame. But it's not, like, blazing hot, but like a nice, comfortable heat. Just going, he said his knee, correct? Mm-hmm. I just go over his knees to, 
to, to relieve him of that pain. Kind of massage him a bit. Like, does this feel better? And he just goes, <sighs> You can't tell if that's out of pleasure or pain. <laughs> <laughs> a little more to the left? Uh... Don't say lower, don't say lower, don't say lower. <laughs> I mean, it'd be lower than the knee, so... <laughs> don't say higher, don't say higher. <laughs> Look, that thigh has... You nasty people. Anyway. <laughs> Christ. At least he uh, didn't so. say he wanted a happy ending. <laughs> what is it? What do with each other? <laughs> yeah, Daggy taking a swig as he said that. <laughs> and he just goes, I haven't felt that good in the last 40 years. In Ruby's mind, you're like, ah, I'm good with my skills. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that was nice. <laughs> Let me ask you, have you heard of the Red Lotus? My history is crap. <laughs> oh, I think the you mean the Lotus. White Lotus, right? Uh, no, that's a different pigment. Damn, may I tr- oh. Yeah, all of you go ahead and roll. I'm uh, not going to bother. Dag doesn't know. Tag doesn't know. <laughs> Unless that's uh, an alcoholic <laughs> beverage. <laughs> I, I bet there's a bar somewhere that has a drink called the Red Lotus. Oh, oh yeah, it's made no with fireball doubt. whiskey. <laughs> there's a drink called the Bossing Say Blast. I drink that. And the 15 to find out if it's an alcoholic beverage. I missed what? What are we rolling here? History. History. History? Okay. Mine is 14. Yeah, I don't think an 8's going to get very far. Uh, but Honu, you said you got a what? A 19? 15. 15. That literally just passes. Honu's the only one that knows that name. Uh, hmm. He knows that those are the baddies. <laughs> 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 Long story short, that was the, the team that opposed uh, the White Lotus uh, back in Korra's time. And uh, was the team that killed the Earth Queen back like 50 or so 50 or 60 years ago. Dang. And uh, they just go, uh, I'll tell you what. And you notice this is like, this is when you realize he's kind of like carrying a sack with the other hand. Uh, he turns around and just kind of gestures one way and he says, If you follow me, I can help you find a way out of here. But I need something else in return. What would that be, good sir? I need you to get this other human out of my hair. What other human? You'll see! As he <laughs> walks his total of ten foot movement off back into the woods a little bit. Would it be easier for one of us just to carry him? If Don't touch you. me. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Pick him up like a what handbag. If, what, if I, what if I just moved the earth under him? <laughs> To he casts tree stride on himself and just teleports through a tree into another one that's like 40 feet away. Come there now. we go. That'll do it. Yeah, that, we, we just follow. Come! He goes into another tree. I'm just pretty much just running after him. 
<laughs> we made too many jokes. <laughs> I'm sick of this human humor. Double H. Uh, ah, little spirit humor for you. And that's where we'll end that uh, session, or at least that chapter. <laughs> All right. Great. Good. <laughs> at least we know this. There are other humans here. Red at least Lotus. One. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Book 2, Chapter 6, New Starts. If you liked our show and would like to show us some support, feel free to drop by our Discord, We Roll Dice, where we also put, every once in a while, uh, bloopers from the previous week's chapters, as well as where you can find the Elemancer classes. You can also always give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app, such as Spotify or Apple Podcast, and follow us on social medias at DiceBendersDnd. Thank you for listening, everybody, and subscribe for more shenanigans.